Well, hello, ladies and gents. You're with uh, Adrianosaurus, and we're talking NRL finals, and we're down to four. How exciting! Um, you know, it's uh, we're down to four teams, and and it's not a big shock horror that it's going to be the f- the top four, is it? I mean. In today's modern game, we know the huge advantage it is to finish in the top four and get two bites at the cherry. And, you know, we saw this week, you know, teams Manly and Penrith, who who suffered a loss, you know, in, in the first round of finals. You know, they've pro- they've progressed through, um, you know, to the prelim. Um, and so we're going to have um, Manly versus the Souths uh, and the Melbourne Storm, you know, cracking away against... The Penrith Panthers, and they're going to be absolutely mouth-watering um, matches. You know, I think you kind of, in a way, in all the combos that you could have of games, I think people say, "Oh, what grand final could would you look forward to?" And I think a Penrith Melbourne, you know, repeat of last year's grand final appeals to people. And I think people just with the sheer when they're on and attacking, you know, South versus Manly, he seems like a, a mouth-watering appetite type game as well. So, um, you know, these games upcoming in this week are going to be absolutely, you know, beautiful games to watch. I think we've had a good weekend of games. Um, commiserations to um, the folks out there that were supporting the Chooks uh, and the Eels. Um, look, you know, I think... Um, it, the punters would have been expecting the results that we had this week, and and we did see a very close and stoic game from um, the Eels, which we'll talk about. Um, but look, I think it was just a bridge too far for the old Chooks. Um, you know, they. I, I think you know when we. I'm going to look at the games, and 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 one of the questions asked in the end is, um, would that team feel like the the year was a success? Um, and I, I just can't see how they wouldn't be so proud of themselves, Chooks fans and, you know, the Roosters as a club. I, any other team in the comp that suffered what they suffered this year, maybe with the exception of maybe Melbourne Storm, um, possibly Penrith. But look, there's, it's just unbelievable how they could make it to second week of finals um, suffering what they suffered this year. Any Any other club, I think would be hard-pressed to do it. It's just such a great organisation, and I think it was a bridge too far for them. And, and this week, you know, they got absolutely bloody hammered, you know, against the um, Manly Sea Eagles. And I think um, just some of the fill-ins, you know, for the um, Chooks were just, you know, not not quite up to it. I think, you know, the, the, the high-stakes, um, you know, finals week two type opponent, you know, Manly um, are certainly you know, a level above, I kind of, um, you know, the top, um, you know, the, the ladder, when the top eight came in, I saw it in segments, you know, I think tier one for mine is Melbourne Storm and Parent Panthers, um, you know, grand finalists from last year, and both had amazing winning streaks last year, they've done the same thing this year, finished one and two, um, with big, amazing win streaks again in the year, um, and, you know, on their day, um, with it all operating, you know, they're absolutely sort of dynamic, you know, if you know what I mean. So I think on the consistency rating and the depth um, rating, um, you know, they're tier one. And to me, Manly and the um, Souths are tier two. Now, people will say to me, oh, but, you know, the the Rabbitohs got straight through to the prelim. You know, they played great in that game, but I think that they leveled up in that game against Penrith, and I think Penrith were down, 
if you know what I mean. So I think that on the night where they got over the top of Panthers, the Panthers were off and the uh, Rabbitohs leveled up. They played a you know real a brand of footy that was uh, sort of above. They tiered up, if you know what I mean. So um, you know, and in tier three um, is your you know is your um, roosters and, and eels. So I, I just think that both Manly and South are, will, will always get bridged too far for those teams. I think it being a tier three and, you know, the Eels put up, you know, a near on a, a tier two type performance to this week against um, the, the Panthers. So, um, and the Chooks just, yeah, it was a definite tier three versus a tier two, you know, approach. And, and Manly on their day can approach, you know, tier one as well. It's just whether they can do it, but they are. It's a tier two versus a tier three, and obviously, you know, the the six, seven and eight in the comp, they're, they're tier four. So it's kind of weird, you know. They grouped in twos. Seven and eight was was tier four for and a half. They had no chance, I don't think. And um, you know, we've got the top two tiers in the in the final. I think if everything goes right for those tier two teams, being the Rabbitohs and um, Manly, I think they can get themselves up to a tier one but Penrith and Melbourne are a tier one more often you know and they've been consistently tier one more often over the the two years so um that's going to be the question for those teams you know whether they can get themselves up for you know a level up and really push these top tiers um you know in the next game and we'll talk about that as we go through the podcast um yeah so look my talking points um you know of the week um you know, are going to relate to um, playing Melbourne. It's just a question I wanted to ask, I guess, because everyone knows that the one, the hunted, Melbourne is the hunted. And I, I don't care. I mean, Penrith are going to be saying that we've got a, a, a huge task on our hand. And if, if and I expect Melbourne to win that game, just personally, but um, whoever comes up against Melbourne in the grand final, they're going to be like, how do we stop Melbourne? You know, and um, so that's one of the questions I want to ask. Um so the talking point is how do you beat the Melbourne Storm? You know, so um, it's Panthers, um, Souths, Manly. You know, the people in the comp, and I sort of asked myself that question: is how do I see the Panthers being able to aim up next week against the Storm? And look, I think the way that Panthers lost to Rabbitohs um, was with their forwards. None of them ran over 100 meters. They were absolutely rolled in the forwards. Um, I think you've got a lot of talent in their back line, you know, uh, even you get the best out of Luai when they're sort of pushing forward. So I think it's really, the Panthers have two things that they need to do against Melbourne next week. They've got to aim up the way they did against um, Para this week. That was one hell of a game, um, which we'll talk about when we go into that um, game. Um, it was one heck of a game. And the forwards, all of them ran, you know, big meters, all of them really you know, bash the crap out of each other. So, you know, I don't know if Panthers can get up for the Storm next week, but I think that that's going to be key. They have to go and take it to them in the forwards. The forwards need to stand up. If the, if the forwards play like they did against Para this week, Penrith are every chance next week. I think that they need to aim up in the forwards and they need to move that ball quickly. That's the only way that you can sort of unsettle Melbourne Storm. Um, the Eels did it in the two times that they beat them this year. Um, and I think that if the forwards are up for it, that brings your Clearies and your Luis and that awesome backline um, into play. But they need to attack. They need their attack to be singing. 
Um, and the only way they can do that is that with the grunt of the forwards. I thought their forwards were exceptional this week. Um, they just need to replicate that against the Melbourne Storm because, you know, I think the Eels were probably... They, that, that game was at Melbourne Storm level, you know, and I think if they do the same thing again this, this week, look, their attack wasn't superb this week. You know, their attack is off and they need those two things to be going well for them if they want to get Melbourne next week. Um so aim up in the forwards and move that ball quickly because the attack needs to sing. Um, Souths, you know, they're going to have to get over the top of Manly, but if they face Melbourne in the grand final, um, I think that, you know, the attack is better. I, I think when the Souths um, team aims up uh, in the forwards, I think their attack is and, and their back line is better. I probably even think that of Penrith. Um, but I think that what Arrow did this week, um, you know, uh, and what he did last week to the, um, sorry, yeah, last week, not this week. The, what he did last week to the Panthers forwards, he really unsettled them. They got up in the face and they were really tough. And I think that's something we probably haven't attributed to um, South's pack, you know, this year. A lot of sort of meanness and grunt. I think Arrow's done that job fantastically. And obviously we know, you know, Thomas Burgess and, and Alika, they were all fantastic. But I think if they get in there, uh, if you take it to the Melbourne pack, um, you know, you can put them off their game a little bit. And I think other teams just, they get unsettled. Like what happened to Manly is they just didn't dominate in the pack. They didn't even match them in the pack. So they were being held down in the ruck and they, you know, you just give Mel, you just play into Melbourne's hands. So getting up and just putting a whack on them, um, I think it was easier said than done, but I think you need to fire up. You need to fire up and do some of the arrow stuff like, you know, get a bit of, get a little bit of spite in you. I think you can unsettle them. The Sharks, you know, they did it really well in, when in, back in that premiership you know, year um, to unsettle Melbourne. I think that has not changed. If you can upset them a little bit uh, in the forwards and just go out and, you know, hit, make your tackles stick, do a little bit of the old, you know, push the line a little bit in the tackle like they do. Um, with some of the arrow stuff, I think that that attack from Souths, um, you know, it'll get the job done. If the, if the forwards are rolling forward, I trust the kicking game of Reynolds and the attack of Cody Walker and their outside backs to really match it with the storm. Um, look, for Manly, you know, they just lost to them a few you know weeks ago. Um, they need the pack to perform like they did in the Roosters pack. Um, you will go through the stats, what some of those forwards did, but we started to see 15 runs of a forward and getting up all of them over a hundred meters or near all of them. Um, they need to, they need to roll forward like that because you, there's no DCE and there's no turbo. If the pack gets as dominated as they were against Mel- Melbourne the week before, um, they didn't do it this week. They got in there and really ripped in, um, you know, there was some great stuff in there from, you know, what was his name? I'll have to go through it when I, when I get in there. Kepi, he was good starting the game there for them. Um, but they need to aim up in the forwards, just like the others. But, you know, they need to keep, they, they need their, their forwards to run over 100 metres so, and, and push in hard like they did. And look, I think Melbourne is... Uh, the experts at stifling, you know, the best player on the opposition team. And that's, they went and absolutely killed Turbo. So I think the way that the Manly team is going to have to beat Melbourne is to use Turbo to your advantage then. You know, like Manly plays like Turbo, you saw him this week, he busts through for tries, he runs those forward-like runs, he gets chimes in in the back line. And Melbourne, they were 
bringing up big numbers and hitting him with multiple numbers and, and really holding him down, hitting with, you know, gusto on him. So I would be using him as, you know, a decoy, like kind of like what South does with Latrell. You know, sometimes South move the ball and they use Latrell as a decoy because he's scaring the living shit out of the opposition. They apply multiple numbers to take Latrell down and then the ball sings out past him or inside ball, you know, whatever. They use Latrell and the threat of Latrell to their advantage. I think that Manly use uh, Turbo, but they don't, you know, use the optics of using Turbo and then not use him, you know, uh, as much as they could. So I think that, and I'm sure Dez is going to be thinking about that. They're going to try to take Turbo down. They're going to throw these multiple numbers. They're going to have, you know, that quick line speed with multiple numbers. So if Tommy is attracting three people out of the line, then use him. You know, use him to get the ball. They've got another um, enough attacking players out there. Schusters and Garricks and Saabs. Um, you know, I think they need to be smarter with Turbo because they're going to go after Turbo. So... Yep, you got to aim up at the forwards and then use your advantage. You know what Melbourne's going to do. So beat them at their own game by you know, playing turbo in a different way than you, you normally play him. Um, all right, let's go through. Um, what else did I get for the talking points of the game? Um, my game overviews. Yeah, the Manly pack was on and the magic was possible. I thought um, DCE and Turbo were fantastic, and all it takes for those you know those players. Whenever the pack goes forward, it's the best DCE. You know, he looks kind of as good as Cleary in my view when he is. He's got the forward pack rolling forward, um, and it allows t- you know Turbo to do his things. Um, look, the Brave Roosters ran out of puff and they were flogged. They were they were flogged. Um, it was just one too many, and I think, um, you know, we'll look at the my Delhi Ados finals, Delhi M's. Um, you know, some of the minuses in there were, you know, your gap filler type players like Marshke and um, Kieran, you know, the people filling in. Um, I think, you know, if the Roosters had a top liner, you know, like even Verils this week, it could have made a big difference to them. Um, and, you know, proper centers. Because, look, let's be honest, Kieran, while he's done a serviceable job and even a very good job at times, he got found out in finals. This And teams, you know, knew that that was a target for them. Um, you know, and I think the Chooks just, you know, too many people filling in that are not of quite the quality to push you through to um, prelims, um, you know. Yeah, not not and look, I thought the bench was weak for the Roosters this week as well. And uh, yeah, turbo, turbo, turbo. You know, and those manly forwards. Um, we'll go through the players. They did some good, you know, good numbers this week, and they're going to need to do that every game. You know, for, they're going to need to do that against Souths. They're going to, and if they get through to the grand final, that's the only way they're going to match it with Melbourne. Is Melbourne? You've got to say, oh, I think both the packs were. Like, in Penrith versus Eels this week, both the packs were awesome. You know, the packs both um, cancelled each other out and then it just allowed the game, even though it was a tight game, every single minute of that game was very watchable. It was nerve-wracking. It was always on the line. And I can see the same thing if all of, you know, the packs that you worry about, um, you know, all of these packs being able to stand up to Melbourne because I think Melbourne has an outstanding pack. Um all right, so in the first game, here's my Ados Dally M's. What were the talking points of the game? Um, I'd noticed in there the old Radley punch. He didn't get in trouble for that, which I think was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good um, a good bounce back from uh, Manly. 
My three points uh, in the Ados Deli M's for finals went to Turbo. It was a hard choice between Turbo and DCE. Um, I went Turbo. I think, you know, you take Turbo out of that team there and it's not a you know if you know what i mean it would have been a closer game dc was outstanding and probably near best on ground and we go through their figures um but i gave it to um to turbo two tries 20 runs for 201 meters outstanding three line breaks a try assist and 10 tackle breaks those are just numbers that you cannot ignore he gets the three points for me um my notes during the game is uh south's uh and Melbourne <laughs> slash Penrith, whoever gets through, they better be on. You know, if you do not do what Melbourne did to the forward pack and put numbers in on Turbo, mate, he cuts you to shreds. And the Chooks didn't do that this week. The pack was up for it. Uh, and you look at what Turbo can do. You know, he can win you a comp, you know. Um, those kind of figures, amazing. Um, the two points, I well, obviously went to DCE. Um, DC had a fantastic game, um, and he he is somebody who, you know, he, like a lot of sevens, he, well, like all sevens, he's dependent on how the forward pack goes, but when that pack is on, DC is one hell of a great watch, and one try, he had eight runs for 63 metres, but eight runs is good when you see a, a half running, uh, one line break, two line break assists, a try assist, three tackle breaks, 13 tackles, he had 13 kicks for 532 metres. Um, you know, the good kickers really stood up this week. And uh, I thought it was a heck of a, a really, a heck of a, a, a really great effort. Uh, I'm sorry, a great performance from DCE for his two points. Um, look, my one point I shared over sort of <laughs> three people in a way. I put it, I gave it to Gerbo, but I sort of, it's the whole manly pack. Let's look at some of the runs this week. Um, that Manly forward pack did. Like last week, none of their forwards ran over 100 metres and there was multiple of them this week that did it. Marty had Marty Tapao had 15 runs. Hamoli Aloha Katar. I can never say his fucking name. Hamoli, 15 runs for Hamoli. He was great. Uh, Schuster had 10 runs. Jerbo had 16 runs. Um, uh, Dylan Walker, 12 runs. Sean Kepi had a great start. Nice punchy runs, 11 runs. Um, I gave them a big tick, you know, but I gave the um, the three points to Jerbo. He did a bit of ball playing this week, some sublime ball playing, if you don't mind. Um, but Jerbo had 16 runs for 119 metres, 35 uh, post-contact metres, um, one line break, a line break assist, two tackle breaks, 29 tackles with no misses. It was a Jerbo, you know, of old, a Jerbo when he was at the top of his game. You know, he's been sort of declining a, a little bit on, I think, over the years, Jerbo in the modern game. Um, but I think that he had an outstanding game and he really stood up with the pack. And I think, um, you know, Kepi and him really started the game really well. Um, I thought that... The notes I write about him and to give him a point was he was dialed in big time and he it was a vintage Jerbo performance, you know, hitting with venom. You know, he's a really great defender. So every one of those twenty nine tackles were, you know, important tackles. He's he's never short um, you know, on his job there in defence and um, you know, the the line break, line break assists, you know, all that sort of stuff is is a really great combination, kinda of like we talk about the Victor Adley and Teddy combo, um, you know, the two turbo, to turbos, Gerbo-Turbo uh, is a fantastic combo, and I thought he was great this week. Um, look, Teddy, in a, in a t- team that was absolutely bloody 
shellacked. Um, he had a really good game, and he tries his guts out, and, you know, you know I'm going to go at the end of this podcast and say my team of the year. He's not even my best fullback of the year, but he's my captain of the year. I'm 100% captain of the year, and uh, just a hair off being fullback of the year, because 17 runs for 142 minutes metres, uh, one line break, a line break assist, a try assist, four tackle breaks, an offload, uh, and five tackles. It was a heck of a game in a, in a flogged team. They're figures that you know, uh, you know, they're they're nearly they're on the in the same vicinity as what Turbo was. You know, he gets a three points, but um, Turbo was just amazing. Um, but look, I'm going to give a point to um, Teddy for that, um, and I'll give a point to Dylan Walker. I mean. What the hell? It's like a resurgence in his career. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding in that small forward, you know, the 13 role. He's fast. He's dynamic. Um, in this final series, I think it's weird to say that Dylan Walker is a key to their success. Um, off the bench, I think he's been provide Every time he comes on, he's lifting the team, um, which is pretty amazing, you know. Um, he, he, he gets a point. He gets a point. You look at his, uh, you know, you get a look at his figures for the game. It's amazing. Let's go over some of Walker's figures for the game. This is why he gets a point. So Dylan Walker grabs a try in this game. Uh, he's uh, had 11 runs. No, 12 runs, sorry, for 160 meters. 12 runs for 160 meters. Um, amazing. 30 in post-contact. Um do, 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 do. One line break, a line break assists. Um, he has had six tackle breaks. Um, oh, mate, it was just an outstanding effort from him, really. You know, what else did he get? Yeah, so he gets a point. He's just been dynamic. When he's come on the field, he's made a difference to Manly. I think he's a big part of their finals, you know, you know, run for the... If they make it through this week in the grand final, I think if he keeps playing the way he is, he's, he's making a huge difference to them. Um, and look, you know, he's revived his career. I think there's going to be some clubs after him, you know, because he's really been amazing. Um, the... Negatives. Um, my negative three goes to Kieran. Um, I flagged him in last week's potty. I said that he's just the mistakes and the missed tackles, and teams are just aim. You know, last week they aimed players at him, but he he didn't stand up to it. And look, this week was no different. I thought that um, you know Kieran in the uh, centers was found out um, in finals this year. Um, six runs for sixty meters, a tackle break. 12 tackles, uh, three of them are missed. He's had four errors uh, t- and, and a penalty um, and three missed, yeah, sorry, th- three missed tackles, four errors, uh, one penalty, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just, he went and, you know, at one point in the game, you went for that intercept on when it was the fifth tackle instead of just sliding and making the tackle. He just wasn't up to finals this year, Kieran, and he's not a, you know, he's not he's not a center. And I know the Chooks had some injuries and they've got to have better options next year. And he was filling a gap, but he gets by minus three. He just, in this, it was a terrible final series, two games for him. Um, 
his figures for those two games means he just got rolled. The errors, the missed tackles, um, the penalties conceded. Um, he's had a shocker. And, and I also give minus two to Satili Tupanua, who I thought had an absolute bloody shocking final series. In this game, he had six runs for 31 metres. You wouldn't have thought he could go worse than he did last week. But he's made 35 tackles, but he missed five. And that's the key to Satili Tupanua. Um, he's missing a lot of tackles. And, you know, that's where teams are targeting the Roosters. And it's it's giving them success. He's had an error as well. Um there's you need your second rower you you look at angus getting 160 meters um six runs for 30 meters from satili it's a real quiet finals campaign for him i think it's a finals campaign to forget he was on my negatives for last week as well um but you know the, the five missed tackles and at key moments him and kieran are missing tackles that are letting teams you know get over the top of them um a minus one was maskey um look the, I said I thought the loss of Veril was going to be quite huge, and it was. Um, Marshke had one run. Um, he's made 36 tackles, but he's missed four. Um, close to the line, he was just, you know, it was some poor decisions. Um, he got a ruck infringement as well, but look, you know, it was a real, you know, it's like he's not a first grader. He's not a first grader. Um, one run and four missed tackles and a ruck infringement, you know. Um I think the Roosters got really found out this week, you know, just the the quality of ball that was coming out from, from dummy half as well. Some shit passes and, you know, um, he gets my minus one. So Kieran, Satili, Marshke, all filling in spots for, well, not Satili, he's a first grader, but I think he's had a crap final series, but Marshke and Kieran filling in and, and they got found out in these finals. Um, the chances next week for the winner of this game, I think the chances for Manly against the Rabbitohs are good. I, I really don't know how to split them, you know, in a way. I think um, whichever forward pack gets over the top, it's kind of like it brings in your, you know, for the Manly team, it brings in your, your DCE and Turbo. Uh, and if the pack for South is on, it brings in Cody Walker in the back line, you know. So um, it'll be... Uh, it's going to be a great game. You know, I'll give both of them a 50-50. I don't know how to split them. I mean, I probably lean towards Manly because I think when the pack is on, um, to the turbo effect, it's just that um, platinum, platinum player. You know, he's just amazing. Um, how will the losing team view their year? Look, I hope that the Roosters are proud of their year. Um, I think that they've done exceptionally well considering the circumstances. Um, you know, they would have, they're such a proud club, they would have liked to have gone on one more, but I think that they, they were eliminated where they should have been. I think they were the worst team out of the two last week and should have been eliminated, but it would have felt like, um, you know, (laughs) you would have felt, they would have felt like their season was a fail, I think there, but look, getting through to this game and, and look, it was just a, a bridge too far for them. Um, how did my bets go that I suggested they were shit? And, you know, I needed Tupu to score on one of them. Um, and that's all that I lost. But the second one was terrible. Um, yeah, it wasn't... It was a game where it was an absolute flogging, if we're being honest. The next game was one hell of a humdinger of a game. Um, look, the talking points uh, for the next game. Um, look, you know, I see a lot of people talking about the lying down. And we all saw the Fergo. <laughs> Fergalicious, mate. Look... 
staying down. If you look at the replay, there was no pressure put on the neck. But look, you know, he wasn't going to get a penalty if he didn't do all that fucking acting. But he grabs the neck and the penalty is given. Um, and then he, he jumps on up and starts fighting bloody, what's his name? You know, it's a poor look for the game. Um, and look, there's, in the game, the Roosters game, you know, Radley's belted Sipley in the face, punched him. And, you know, it's come through today in the match uh, review. They haven't even cited Radley for it. They missed it live on the game. So the Roosters should have been down a player because that's an instant sin bin if you punch. Um, but, you know, the match review committee says they don't have... I've got footage of it. I saw it on TikTok. I've replied to one of the things on Facebook showing a very clear, magnified view of him punching Sipley in the face, which is, you know, the bunker is bloody awful, isn't it? The bunker misses stuff like that. The bunker, you know, uh, is is getting a look at the Fergo fake, uh, you know, crusher, and the the they should penalise him. They should penalise Fergo for that, for acting. I know you say, oh, well, are they... You know, maybe Fergo did feel the pressure on his neck. Well, you could tell he was faking there. Come on. You know, like maybe some of them you go, oh, well, I'm, the bunker doesn't jump in and say, well, I don't know if he's faking. There was some pressure on it. But you could see very clearly in that one, there was no pressure on the neck. The way that he responded shows that he was faking it. Um, and he should have been penalized. It's an absolute joke. And though I think, yeah, I mean, in some of the chats I was in, um, people saying, you know, this crusher and, and the way the players are staying down and feigning the crusher, um, it could become a real problem in our game. It became a, a, a growing and poor problem in the game this year. And, uh, you know, mate, it's going to be worse next year if this is, it keeps going on. If the bunker just jumps in and goes, nah, that was faked penalty against, you know, uh, eels, then, you know, you, you, you'll find out quick that they, everyone starts sorting out their fake crusher stuff. I don't know who, I saw some footage of um well the the eels were down away down the touchline and i saw um moses held back you know for like 20 meters he was chasing through and he was dylan brown was it was grabbing a hold of him and holding him back in and the eels were away you know and it was like 20 meters so you know the bunker maybe if it was one meter or he just got a one little grab on him to sort of hold him back the bunker could miss it but how do you miss someone being held back for 20 meters you know like dylan brown's got a hold of him for 20 meters and there's no whistle blown you know so the eels should have got a penalty there but they don't get it you know and they only lost the game by two points i think that that was piss poor what's the bunker there for the bunkers pulling not jumping in when it should um and then it jumps in when it shouldn't you know Scrap the stupid thing. Um, look, there was the Will Smith tackle, which was what ended up deciding the game. You know, it wasn't even high. I mean, it was high, but did it even go above the shoulders? I mean, you, know, you watch the replays and is the bunker looking at that? Because it wasn't a high tackle. You know, it's as simple as that. I know the ref's got to make calls on the on the run, but you can see it. I mean, I guess the whistle's blown. He blows it because it was high, but, mate, it was a poor call by the referee on field then because it wasn't high. Um, what else? you got some injury. Oh, the free interchange. Yeah, look, there some people blowing up about the old interchange, but we know that that was um, an owed uh, change. Um, and, you know, even though they didn't bring on... Uh, it, was, it was for... 
um, near Corey, um, which means that it was allowed, you know, in the, in, yeah, it wasn't a free interchange. It was an owed interchange. Um, Cleary, uh, I wrote down that Cleary looked to be favoring that shoulder. Um, my question, do I think that, you know, the, the parents Panthers can beat Melbourne Storm next week? No, I don't. I think that Penrith are playing shit, you know, just quietly. I think they're playing okay, but without being great, and I certainly don't think they're even in the same stratosphere of, of Melbourne at the moment. I think that Cleary is definitely hampered by his shoulder, and, and, you know, Cleary is nearly the best player in the game when he's at full strength. And, you know, uh, I think he, DC outplayed him this week probably. Um you know, and I think that he is hampered. You saw him favoring that shoulder a little bit, and you don't blame him, but I think that it's maybe, you know, the Penrith attack, they've scored what? You know, two tries in two weeks of the finals. You know, the best attacking team in the comp. Um, so, you know, I think that Luai needs to be on against Melbourne, and, and I think that Cleary, um, you know, he is hampered. and has It has affected his performance from being as good as he normally is. Um, injuries, yeah, you had an injury for kickout. He must be in some doubt for next week. Um, with if the ankle is worse than it, you know, it was a than we think. Um, we'll wait and see. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I've been out all day. Um, Kenny with that stoppage there, which was a bit iffy. That stoppage. I know that. Um, what's his name? Was Brad Arthur was whinging about that after the game, going, "Oh mate, the stoppages." Um, there was a fair few stoppages and. You know, the trainer's not even on the field. Are we stopping for, you know, the ankle or whatever, the low leg injury? I don't know. It just, it was a lot of stoppages when the Eels were up and running and going and getting ascendancy in that game. I think that might have been just a smidge hard done by the old Eels. Um, but yeah, Kenny, um, will Tor be good to go next week? It was a bit of, you know, um, I think they missed him out there big time. Although I thought Naden was great. Um... All right, my three, two, one. My three points uh, in Ado's finals, Daly M's, goes to Cleary. Now, I did just go and say that Cleary's down <laughs> and that he's, you know, uh, hampered by that shoulder, and he is, you know, but he's still better than most, isn't he? And I thought he had a really good game in this game. It was, it was an absolute battle and an attrition. In uh, <laughs> Mate, what a great game. Game of the year. Those packs just absolutely wailed on each other for 80 minutes. In the 78th minute, they were smashing each other. It was just such a great watch. I really, really enjoyed it. I, you know, um, you know, it was a throwback to yesteryear, the game. And um, what a game. <laughs> what a game. It was such a great game. You know, the te- teams, it was a low-scoring affair. The teams absolutely smashed into each other. I found it hard to even write negative points in the Delhi M's this week because both teams just absolutely bashed each other. I think that, it, to me, it makes it an even more comprehensive win for Melbourne next week because I cannot imagine that the Panthers aren't absolutely battered and bruised. I know they get a week, and in the modern game, you know, they can usually bounce back okay after a week, but I think there's a few injury concerns for Panrath, uh, and what a game. You know, they would just must absolutely be wrecked after that game. So I don't give them a chance. I give them 30%, 70% Melbourne, 30% uh, Penrith. But Cleary, um, 18 runs for 125 metres. He's running the ball, which is really good. 18 runs for half is fantastic. 
Uh, one try assist. There was one try in there. It was that nice little kick through for Capewell. Three tackle breaks, an offload, 23 kicks for 806 metres. I thought both kickers were outstanding in that game, which made it such a tight affair. You see how important great kickers are, and I thought Moses and Cleary were fantastic. Their kicking game, um, and he got two forced dropouts. Just the pressure in that game it was just relentless and from both teams, and I thought Cleary had a fine game. I think he is probably the reason they won. You know, with maybe a little bit of the old delay tactics from, um, you know, the, strategically from the Panthers and the, you know, the trainers and all. Um, he made 16 tackles as well. He did miss six tackles, clearly. But look, I think in a tight, tight game, those he had a he had a really solid game, and I think that his class just got him over the line. You know, the, um, you know, the forced dropouts when they were needed. Um, you know, the kicks. You know, it was it was a good game by Cleary. Um, my two points went to Yo. I think he is an absolute... I think that no Yo, there's no premiership for Penrith. I think there's no preliminary for uh, Penrith. You really notice when Cleary's out of their team, obviously, but you notice heavy when Yo's not there. I think any team that Yo's not in, you, you know, Origin or, or um, you know, or for the Panthers, I think it's just really obvious that they've missed something. They don't play nearly as good. Um, Yo had 18 runs for 141 metres. He was probably the only one I thought played well last week. Uh, 42 of his metres were post-contact. He had three tackle breaks, one offload, 39 tackles. Um, and I also thought that Paulo on the other side is worthy of a two points as well. I had to, a tie for two points. Um, Yo, um, amazing. Um, and... Paulo had 19 runs, unfortunate, that end where he got that shit ball from uh, old mate Ray Stone. Um, 19 runs for 151 metres. It's great work rate for the big man. Six tackle breaks, great. 37 tackles with one miss. Um, I thought Paulo had a, a mountain of a game and he really stood up. I think both packs stood up. Um, but I thought that the best forwards uh, from either team were those two players. They got my two points. My um, one... I thought RCG was great as well, just quietly. Um, and I gave the one point to Mitchell Moses. 15 runs for 89 metres. Um, he didn't make bulk metres, but, you know, the 15 runs was good. I think he ran in this series, Moses. Uh, one try assist, 10 tackles, only one miss. Uh, 21 kicks for 703 metres and two forced dropouts. I thought that both him and Cleary really kept their teams in the game. It made it a tight tussle. And I think that... Um, Moses has reached the level in this final series that he's, he's needed, you know, on the big stage. I think in the two games, last week's game and this week's game, even though the, the Eels were narrowly eliminated, I think that Moses came of age. I think he had two amazingly good games. And look, you know, you Eels fans, um, I think you've got to be proud of your team. They, they really went out, you know, classy with... 100% effort, and they were really up for this game, you know, just one little thing go their way, and they're in a prelim, you know, but uh, anyway, we'll get we'll get to that stuff at the end, but Moses gets my one point, I thought Naden was also great, you know, just on a little mention as well, filling in, <laughs> so they played a few games this year, and he came in, I thought it was a good move, going him over Charlie Staines, who I think is a liability, and I thought Naden was just great for someone who hasn't played a lot of football. Uh, look, my, my, I'm not doing any minus three for the for ADOS finals, Dally M's, because all the people on the ground basically were really good. Um, 
but I'm going to give minus two to Ray Stone. Um, you could tell that if if the Eels had Reed Money, they win. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, the the quality of ball, and you saw that at the end with Paulo, just the quality he had a dummy half for passing was way down. I think the Eels suffered because of that. Um, look, he's a good defender, Ray Stone. You know, but it's it's the it's the the quality of ball out of there. Uh, and it's no, there's no nothing to his game. It's a bad pass. He doesn't run a lot. He had four runs for 18 meters. Um, his play of the ball speed was nearly five seconds. You know, he's slow. Um, yeah, slow, slow, slow. Um, he's had 42 tackles, three missed, three errors. Um, I just thought that he was uh, out of his depth, you know, this week. And I just think that, you know, if there was a better dummy half there, it would have made all the difference. And um, I think, you know, the players like him and um, Marshke this week, it was just, you know, in the quality of the game, you just could see the ones that are not quite first graders, if you know what I mean. Um, Sean Lane, you know, he gets a minus one for me. Um, I just don't get it. I don't get Sean Lane starting and playing big minutes, you know, like... He played 56 minutes in this game, but you've got Isaiah Papali'i, who I think is second rower of the year, you know, and Matto, who, you know, he's been fart-assed around and got a bit of suspension this year, but I think he's probably in the top five second rowers in the game, you know, for at least the top seven, but he can't even get a run on in, in for the Eels, you know, in, a, in an elimination f- final. I just don't get it. I didn't get it, and I think if he got more minutes out of, um, you know, Matto... Played 42 minutes and and IPAP Isaiah Papali played 35 minutes for second rower of the year in my view. You know I just don't get it. I I don't know why the change happened. I thought when they both came on they were both amazing, but you got nothing from Lane. You got seven runs from Lane for 56 meters, two tackle breaks. Um, you got one offload, 35 tackles with five missed tackles, uh, and a penalty conceded. Seven runs for 56 meters. Like, what do you got Lane on field for? For for missed tackles, you know? You got him for missed tackles and penalties conceded. You know, he doesn't... You you needed the punch of the others. And I don't know what his strategy is, you know. You would... Whatever the strategy was, even... I think Lane's better as an impact player, personally. So if you were using Isaiah Papali and Matto as impact players, I thought that Lane's better at that, being the big body. You know, and... um, I think he makes better meters when he comes off the bench. But I think that's going to be something that I'll, I'll personally look at as an, uh, watching the Eels. That was a mistake this year. When the Eels were like, you know, this could be the Eels year, it was with Maddo and, and Isaiah Papali in the second row. You know, and the way that he fart-assed around with them, uh, Isaiah Papali into the front row, then back to the bench. And, you know, Maddo should have played the full 80 last week or, you know, at least 60 minutes and he should have been starting him this week. I think it was stupid. And, you know, minus two for... Sorry, minus one for Lane. It was a shit game. Um, look, I'm going to give a minus one to Nathan Brown. Um, I just... You know, my personal opinion is I think that Nathan Brown... I think the game's gone past him. Just quietly. Um, look, he's, he's... If you want to get him on as an enforcer for 30 minutes a game, then fine. You know, but you can do that. Um, but I think that he's, you know, uh, here's why he gives a minus one for me. Um, 
Six runs for 42 minutes from your lock. 47 minutes, your lock. you got some locks in the game like Yo, Radley, Murray, you know, and Nathan Brown for his six runs for 47 meters. 15 tackles, huge from a lock. Five missed tackles, one error, and a ruck infringement. <laughs> six runs for 47 meters, meters, 15 tackles, five missed, an error, and a ruck infringement. Uh... That's all in his 26 minutes. You know, like, he should have probably even gone ahead of Ray Stone. Should give him minus two. But it was a terrible performance in a final by Nathan Brown. And I just, next year, I think maybe, you know, go uh, near Corey in 13. You know, and Isaiah Papali'i and R- R- Madison in the second row. I think that's the best team they could roll out, you know. Um, all right, so on to the next bit. Oh, mate, let me move my hand. Uh, yeah. Answers next week for the winner. Um, look, you cannot put it past Penrith next week against the Melbourne Storm. You know, they, um, I think that along with Melbourne, they're a tier one team. Um, just for consistency uh, over the last two years and where they finished this year. Um, I just think that, you know, the Cleary shoulder that's not quite right um, and I think, you know, um, Melbourne, they just have too many threats, you know, and they're too healthy in the week off and just the way that they're the finals experienced team that they are. Um, I think that I don't put it past Penrith to get past them next week, but because of the game, because of how amazing this game was against Para, I think they've got to be battered and bruised. I think it's not a full strength um, Cleary um, and I think that Melbourne is just too good, you know, so I'm going to say 30% chance, 25%, 75% Melbourne. And I think Penrith will be the only team, I think, that can upset Melbourne for the premiership. I think they could knock them off on their day if everything goes wonderfully, but I just haven't been um, enthralled with excitement, you know, looking at Penrith attack since Cleary's come back from injury. I think Luai has been down. He was pretty good in this game, you know. But I think that in order for them to be a chance next week, you need the swag-alicious, you know, Cleary and Luai. They just need to be playing with that swag, if you know what I mean, in attack. You know, they're, they're the excitement machines, but their attack is just very stale. Um, so, yeah, I think the pack needs to stand up and... You know, they need to find their magic. They need to find the magic in attack. I don't know if they can do it. I mean, Toto, if he comes back, I think is a big plus for them. Um, but I think it's 70-30%. Yeah, 70 to Melbourne. Um, how will the losing team see their year? Um, look, it's another loss by the Eels, you know, one week out from prelim. So I haven't quite made the prelim. Um, you know, and it's on the surface, you would say that it's a fail, wouldn't you? I mean... But I really hope they don't see it as that. Um, I think that what they delivered in that game against Penrith, um, they gave it a red-hot crack. And I think a few things go their way. Um, you know, they into a prelim. You know, I thought they played a really great brand of footy this uh, week. And I think that I think that this year, the way that they played that um, final against Penrith, I think that that 
is going to benefit them, as it will the Chooks, actually, I should say. I think that the, the resilience the Chooks have showed this year and that performance from the Eels there is going to be something that puts them in good stead for next year, if you know what I mean. I think they're going to grow from this. Um, and I would say, uh, you know, every Eels fan, is, even though they'd be disappointed that the team's not into the prelim, they're going to be proud of their team. Um, and I, I hope that all the powers that be in there were, you know, look after Brad Arthur and let him build on this year, you know, for next year. Um, who wins next week and why? Yeah, look, I think Melbourne. They're in form. They're healthier. Um, they've got these big stage bosses, you know, your Munsters, your, you know, your Harry Grants and um, Pappenhausen and, you know, uh, the Cheese. It's just they've got the threats are everywhere, you know. Um yeah, you know, uh, for Manly, yeah, I think if their fo- forwards are up, to, if they stand and get over the top or at least go e- e- even with, I don't think that, I don't think that South can stop Turbo. Like I'm not, I don't think that they can do what um, Melbourne does. I don't think that their pack is like that. I don't think they can do that. They'll try to do that, but if Manly's pack does stand up, I think <laughs> Turbo. Turbo will do turbo things. But you know what? If Cody Walker's doing Cody Walker things, it's going to be one hell of a match. I really think that that match is 50-50. You know, I think Manly put on a statement this week that they're definitely, you know, would have probably favoured Souths, I think. But um, I think it's going to be a close game. Well, maybe not even close in scores, but it's going to be a game. It's going to be one hell of a game to watch, if you know what I mean. Next week, um, the two... Uh, prelims are great prelims I think like I said in their own right they're great games um, I will say um, Melbourne to get the job done comfortably against Penrith I'm sorry to say for you Penny Panthers fans out there and it could be a toss of the coin in the other game um, yeah really good second game this week um, you know I don't think that it's a surprise that um, you know the top four teams are the ones that are still alive in the comp I called that I think most people who were tipping would have said that this would be the final four um, and look you know it should be you know I think whoever faces who in the finals I mean it will be a great grand final if if it's Penrith versus uh, South it'll be great you know if it's Melbourne versus Manly it'll be great if it's Melbourne versus South, it'd be great. You know, there's no combo that won't make for a good grand final, I don't think, um, this week. And I look forward to it. You know, I, being a Raiders fan and being a Supercoach fan and stuff, you know, I kind of lose a little bit of excitement in the finals, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I'm a footy lover, but, um, you know, the blowouts and, the, and stuff, I just haven't enjoyed this final series too much, but... Uh, reinvigorated me watching that Penrith game versus the Eels this week, and I think that you know they're mouth-watering matchups next week um, in the prelims. Um, I'm going to finish the show with Ado's team of the year. Um, my team of the year, one to thirteen. Um, look, I'll mention who takes the spot. There's a couple of con- you know that I've got other names who are very close to my tips for um, the position, um, but. Let's go through them. My number one, my fullback for the year is Tommy Turbo. Um, Tommy Turbo will win the Dally M. He'll win it easily, I think. Um, he's had some sort of year. You know, just uh, an out-of-this-world year. You know what I mean? And um, what he's done to elevate Manly um, and the level that he's gone to in his game, he has been the best fullback in the in the game this year. 
there's been times where um, Pappenhausen's been, you know, amazing, like out of this world. And look, the person who is in the same conversation for me um, is um, Teddy. You know, a lot of uh, discussion about who is the best fullback in the game. Is it Teddy? Is it Turbo? Um, I think in a few more years, Turbo might surpass Teddy. But for this year alone... Uh, I definitely say Turbo's had the better year, but Teddy's had a bloody amazing year. You know, carried that team on his back. I think he's been captain of the year easily, um, and I think that he's been. I think it's been Turbo as the best fullback. I think Teddy has been the second best fullback, and then I think there's a bit of daylight, you know, and then maybe um, I don't know, maybe Paps and Trell, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my view. I just think that Turbo gets the spot for mine um my swinger is total total has um had an amazing rise to <laughs> the top echelon of wingers in our game you know like why is it not uh alex johnston or uh johnston or, or the fox for me um look there is reasons why it's total because he runs over 200 meters a game he scores tries as well you know, he is the complete package. He's a tackle breaker, he's a meter eater, he's a try scorer, he's a competitor, and he's an exciting, you know, the excitement that he adds to his team. Um, Toto was being the winger of the year, without a doubt. Um, my other winger of the year is Garrick. I've given it to Garrick ahead of um, Fox and AJ. Look, you know, the simple fact of the matter is that the Fox uh, and AJ, all they are is they fall over the line. You know, but they, they've got Cody Walker and Turbo putting them over the line for tries, you know, and they are exceptional finishers, you know, but um, I've gone with Garrick because Garrick has had a, an amazing year. I mean, all you had to see was what he did in that game, you know, with on the siren the other week um, against the Cowboys where he got the ball on the dead ball line and just created one of the definitely try of the year. I think that Garrick's efforts this year have been wholehearted, 100% full uh, efforts. I think he's got a bit of, t you know, tackle break about him. Um, he's got bulk tries this year as well. Um, you know, and I think he's had an amazing year. You know, he's a goal kicker as well. I know that that doesn't reflect in why someone's a good winger, but he's had a hell of a great year. You know, it is, you know, Turbo's putting him over the line, but he's got to get over the line. You know, you've got to take into consideration that Turbo himself has scored 20-something tries and Saab scored a bag full as well, you know, so it's not like they're going to Garrick's side every time, you know, Garrick, in um, the Rabbitohs, it's that lethal left, left side, so AJ is always going to look good, you know, you saw that when Mansoor went on that wing for a few weeks, you know, he could have been winger of the year if he played 25 rounds there, so it's not going to be Alex Johnston and you know, the Fox has had a Fox year. You know, it's been good and Melbourne's been amazing. You know, and he's on the back of their back line and gets over for some tries. You know, but for me, I just thought that uh, consistency-wise, you know, Fox and AJ are like run-type players. They go on runs of being great players, but Garrick has been more great more games, you know, this year for mine. Um, the centers, I thought Olam. You know, I had him in my super coach team every, all year. You know, and... Olam is a fearsome, fearsome competitor. He runs those sort of beautiful second roller, you know, uh, inside lines as a runner, and he's close to the line. He's a bloody handful. Now, look, he does make a mistake every now and then, but, mate, he, he's scored a, a bunch of tries this uh, year. He's competed in every game. He's, um, 
and his tackles and the hits that he puts on, he's a presence out there. Um, I think he's got a great combination with the Fox as well. Um, and I think, um, you know, you, any center that comes up against Olam this year, um, Woods knows they've played a game. You know what I mean? Like they know they've had a hell of a game. I think if you ask you know, any of the players in the game who they think center of the year is, I think that they probably agree that Olam would be in there. He's in there for me. Um, I'm going to give the other spot to Manu. Um, look, you know, the funny thing about Manu is that he's been so versatile and the places where I've loved him the most this year have been in positions that are not center. <laughs> but he is a center and he's played bulk of his game in the center this year. And I think, um, you know, he's in conversations a lot. Uh, Manu has been the best center in the game. And I think, um, yeah, he's just had a good year, a real solid year before he got the, the old broken face. Um, yeah, and versatility as well. Um, but uh, an honorable mention for me to Burton. But I'm going to take Olam and Ma- Manu. Yeah, by centers. The six is Cody Walker. Uh, Munster's had a pretty good year, like Munster always does. But for me, Cody Walker's been the best six this year. Um, I thought Dewey was good too. So Dewey, um, in a shit team, man, he's had a, he had a good year. But um, yeah, it goes to Walker. Um, Cleary is going to be my seven. Um, it's Nathan Cleary. He's the best seven in the game. But I mean, he did spend a bit of time out injured, and and I I really think that DCE. And Hughes are closer than you think, you know. Um, this year on performance, I think um, in, you know, you got your, your teams. You know, these teams that have, are right up near the top of the pile. And I think all of the sevens have been fantastic this year in Hughes, DC, and Cleary. I'm going to give it to Cleary. Um, my eight is going to be Payne Hass. Um, it's like he pressed the go switch as soon as Lodge and, and that left the club and carried, uh, you know, the Broncos on his back and... Um, he is such a talented front row. He looks like he's running 20 meters every run. Uh, I thought he had a fantastic, you know, back two thirds of the year, if you know what I mean. Uh, started off maybe a little bit slower. I know he missed a couple of games at the start of the year, but he was fantastic. I think he was a forward leader and I think the Broncos started to follow him. You know, I think they had a better end of the year, um, following Hass. Um, he gets my top spot. Um, look, the nine of the year, this, uh, year has been, um, Brandon Smith, no doubt. Um, Harry Grant has spent too much time injured to be my number nine. Um, same as Reed Money. You know, he uh, started the year well and then got injured around Origin and, and afterwards. Uh, and Cook, I think, had a little bit of a resurgence. But, you know, um, it's definitely been the cheese. His versatility uh, and the what he's done in the nine. You know, the dynamic running uh, close to the line. The way that he's lifted the energy for the Melbourne Storm. You know, like you can see that belly ache puts on cheese um when their energy levels and you know their efforts are dropping he puts them on and he lifts the team you know he's a wonderful player and i think he's been the best nine of the year um my prop of my other prop of the year i've given it to james fisher harris um just beating out christian welsh i really think welsh has had a great year and he's i think that welsh has elevated himself to a premier front rower um and i think that uh, adam fanua blake has actually had a good you know he was injured and and stuff in the year um but i think he had a good year if he'd have had the full year if you know what i mean so he's not in the conversation afb but i wouldn't be surprised if he's healthy that he takes out a spot next year um but this year i'm going to give it to james fisher harris um he's a good forward leader he's had some great stats this year 
in being quite consistent. Um, he had a really good game this week and didn't have a great game last week. But, um, you know, I could it was touch and go out of those two who I'd pick, and I just went with James Fisher-Harris. Um, second roller of the year for me is Isaiah Papali'i. What a revelation he's been. Um, I think that it was at the detriment of the Eels, the way that Arthur played him towards the end of the year. Um, he should be playing 70-plus minutes in the second row. He was amazing in that position this year, and he was easily the best second row of the year for mine. Um, look, I've given the other second row spot to David Fafita. I really think David's had a shit year. I think he was too inconsistent, um, but you, even just what he did do, the things that he did do uh, were amazing. He's had a year with the try scoring, with the tackle breaks, um, I think towards the end of the year, maybe with the injury, uh, maybe the origin stuff, I think he was definitely affected and he went on a bit of a downhill slide. But, you know, if I'm looking at it as the whole year, um, you know, I think David Fafita had a, he's going to get my second row of the year. I just didn't think that there was too many to choose from in the second row that's had a great uh, year this year. You know, I thought. Josh Curran, when he came in and started playing big minutes, had a good year. I think Kaloa Matangi's had a great year uh, for the Rabbitohs. I think Angus Crichton's had a good year. Um, a lot of it has been suspended, which I think has affected Angus. Um, and so I'm just going to give it to Fafita, you know, because I still think he's been ahead of Angus, Kaloa Matangi, and Curran, you know, on overall performance. Um, my 13, it was a real hard choice, but I've given it to Isaiah Yo. Um, I know a lot of teams have Murray in there as the the lock of the year, and you can go one or the other, really. But I just really think Isaiah Yo is an amazing player. I think he's a link player for their backs. I think he's a stoic defender. He takes tough runs. He's a great leader. Um, and I even think that it affects Cleary when Yo is not in the team really negatively. Um, I think that maybe with South, if you know Murray's out, you've got a really solid 13 in Arrow. Um, you know, that maybe makes it seem like they don't miss Murray as much. They definitely do miss Murray when he's out there, particularly Cook. Um, but I just think that, you know, Yo is the key, you know, and Cleary. You know, I think if you take either of those players out of that parent team, they suffer hugely. And I think Yo has, uh, you know, there's the best 13s in the game for me, uh, Yo, um, Murray, um, Victor, you know, and I, I think that he's definitely... Oh, I love Leo. Yo, I think he's had a, a bloody great year. You know, he gets my vote. Um, yeah, so, yeah, next week's game should be a fantastic watch. I think um, I'm going to tip Melbourne. I'm going to tip um, Manly. Um, I kind of, you know, I like South more than Manly normally. You know, South are probably my second favorite team if I could say I have no favorites if, if I'm being honest but you know I think I probably like Souths more than um than Manly but I love I like Turbo I like watching Turbo play I like watching Cody Walker play um so you know I couldn't care less who wins out of it really but I kind of think um you know in a way it's a fairy tale game you know Manly back to a grand final uh, on the back of Turbo is a really good news line, news headline. And I think, you know, Souths in Wayne's last year coaching there and getting over the prelim, you know, hump that they've been stuck in, making a grand final. And they're both sort of attacking dyna dynamic teams. And I think that they'd be a great uh, finalist. You know, it's like the attack, you know, of 
those two teams up against, you know, the great, great defense. And, you know, they're a pretty good attacker too, Mel, as well, Melbourne. Um, and it'll make for a really good grand final. So, like I said, there's no combo that's not good. Um, anyway, but thanks for listening. Um, you know, I hope you, you know, whatever, you enjoyed it. And, you know, if you're a Manly or a, a, a Souths or Penrith or Storm uh, supporter, you know, keep enjoying this week. Your teams are still in the comp. Uh, and, you know, good luck next week with uh, the next week's games. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, sure, let's, yeah, I'll do it, do my outro. Look, we've had the top four win. They're into the prelim. Should be really good games. I hope you enjoy them, everybody. And thanks for listening. One more show to go. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.